I'm Dawn. And I'm Tracy. And we are Real Women. Good afternoon, Tracy. Hi, Dawn. How are you? I'm good, yeah. Good. So really excited today. Um, I think lots of listeners will be really interested. So we've got the fabulous uh, Laura Applewhite in the house. Um, and today we are going to be talking about um, menopause. You nearly so. forgot what we were talking about then, didn't you? <laughs> oh, the irony. <laughs> um, and so with that, Laura, uh, hi. Hello. Hi. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Dawn. Thank you so much for having me. And what a lovely introduction as well. And so what I'd like you to do um, is just tell us who you are, what you do and who you do it for. Yeah, so I'm Laura Applewhite and I predominantly work with women who have had a hysterectomy and in with that as well comes the menopause because it just does. Um, So yeah, I'm helping women. By the time they get to me, often they've had a hysterectomy, there are several months down the line and they often have hit a bit of a wall and they're a bit surprised that by the time they've come to me, they're a little bit surprised that they haven't just been able to bounce back and go, Oh, I'm back up. I'm back in life. And why why don't I have all my energy back? And why am I not firing on all cylinders? And why wasn't my hysterectomy as easy as just having a tooth out? And that's usually when they come to me. Cool. And one of the things here that's uh, probably relevant is that you went through uh, this at a slightly earlier age than most, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you can you give us a, a, a brief background on on what you went through and then that yeah. gives context. Absolutely, yeah. So I had my hysterectomy when I was I was forty two. So that was four years ago, and it's funny, isn't it? As well, it's really subjective because some people are like, "That's really young," and then I'm talking to women in their twenties are having uh-huh. hysterectomies as well. So it really it really depends. But yeah, I had my hysterectomy because. I had fibroids um, and I was having horrendous periods. It was getting to the stage where I was not able really to leave the house on the worst days of my cycle. Um, I'd kind of manufactured it with my pill so that I could make sure I had all my periods on the weekend, all the worst parts of my period on the weekend, um, so that I wouldn't have to miss any time off work. But also then um, when I had had further treatment and I had an ablation, um, to try and it's the kind of the least invasive um way of trying to cure the the symptoms and and the problems with the fibroids. Um, my consultant also um told me something that I did know. I was sort of lying to myself about that I had quite a serious prolapse, and for that reason, um, it was just decided that the best option for me was just to have a hysterectomy, which was quite a shock actually at 42 and like I say I did know about my prolapse symptoms but I was lying to myself and to everyone else that I was not having symptoms and it's just normal for women to pee when they sneeze and run when they're 42 right (laughs) no no really not I mean at 55 it's perfectly normal let me just say or have a prolapse is that normal I mean no I mean I would say I would say no and if you were coming to me um, and we were talking about it, I'd be encouraging you, one, to have um, an appointment with a pelvic health therapist. And two, it could also be something around menopause symptoms as well. We can get onto that later. So, yes, yeah, so I, I had fibroids many years ago and right. had um, 
really heavy periods like really and now I'm in menopause uh, I think I've just gone through about two and a half weeks of pretty much not full on every day so there's definitely and I definitely definitely pee when I sneeze mm. like I literally hold hold my bit yeah I mean does that help <laughs> I don't know. It makes me feel like I'm helping. I'm guessing probably not. Yeah. Oh, we need to talk. Let's talk. Yeah. Outside of, maybe we'll go into that outside of this. But um, yeah, I'm thinking maybe not. But um, it might not be as serious as it sounds as well. I mean, like I said, mine was the most serious it could get. It was grade four. So basically, <laughs> this is quite graphic. But my, my womb was really 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 fun I was just about to say I was basically hanging out it wasn't hanging out I'm just like making it sound dramatic um and actually what's what's uh just to you know compound the the situation where you were in law that's such a male dominated you'd be in court all day if you're kind of prolapsing and peeing and bleeding this is not great yeah I mean we talked about this didn't we briefly before and yeah that was the thing I had um like I said I pushed my with my pill I pushed my periods back so that I had the worst days of my cycle on the weekends so I could just stay in but I was worried that if I was going to be in court all day and when you're in that room you the doors are locked and you don't you can't be like oh excuse me I need to just you can't just leave like there's lots of men in the courtroom and also women who are probably just like we need to finish this people are giving their evidence here (laughs) they're not going to just allow it to happen they're not going to allow you to leave it's amazing though that women women have are at the stage where they have to utilize the pill to push their period back so it fits round work how crazy is that super crazy and also the crazy things well now looking back was that I didn't even think it was weird until my auntie said to me, are you sure that's normal? And like, I was using like the thick like maternity pads and I was like going through two of them like in an hour. I remember we went to the rugby once and I like took a whole packet of them, like 16 of them with me because I was like, I want to do this. I want to go to this event with my husband. And I was in the toilet every hour and it's not normal to be like like that. And you feel gross as well. Like I don't know about you, Tracy, but I felt gross when I was like that as well. Um, well, I have to admit something. I didn't even know I'd gone through the menopause. Oh, amazing. Um, I've, re- I've recently had some things happen that I suddenly realised I, I had. But my periods, my sisters both had masses of pain. My mum had an early hysterectomy because of the how heavy they were. My older sister did because of the same problem. My younger sister... She has problems. Well, we call it problems, but we learn to live with them. I feel a bit of a, not a fraud, because it's just how the cookie crumbles, but mine were always light. I breeze through them. The biggest problem I had is the number of times I thought I was pregnant, because I could go eight or nine weeks without a period. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I mean, that's amazing. And you shouldn't feel equally, whereas we shouldn't feel gross if we're having heavy periods and we're having problems, you shouldn't feel like a fraud because you're having an easy time as well like that's not the world that I want to live in anyway like we're, we're all having our own experience aren't we and we're allowed yeah I mean mine I was um I was mid-40s so around the time around the age you were with the hysterectomy and everything had stopped for me but I'd got you know when I eventually because I've only recently been 
liaising with a doctor around the fact that probably I did have hormonal problems because everything had been such a breeze that I didn't even know I was going through a menopause. And it was only through talking to this doctor, trying to sort out what was going on with me that turned out to be hormonal um, as a result of menopause that, you know, you start to discover some of the symptoms. But mm. It was just like, I thought I'd walked it through like a walk in a park, but. Oh, that's interesting. That really is interesting, actually, because that, and I, um, probably now is a good time to talk about the symptoms, actually. Um, but what came to my mind when um, you said that was, um, you know, what problems were, were you having that caused you to go to the doctor in the first place? So I, I've gone privately. So I've gone with a, a fairly new company where the hormones are natural, so they're not synthesized, so that I can mm. measure them in my blood. Yeah. Because I didn't want, you know, part as I'd understood it, bearing in mind I'm not an expert at this, but a little bit of research I'd done is hormonal replacement therapy you can end up with breast cancers and all this stuff. And part of that is because they can't measure whether you're getting the right dosage in your blood. Mm. And it was really funny because I'd gone to the doctors because of a friend saying how much better she was sleeping. And I was recognizing some of the symptoms she'd had that I didn't even realize were symptoms of postmenopausal women. Mm. So I'd gone to the company and when they measured my blood, they discovered that my estrogen was undetectable. It was so low they couldn't detect it in the tests. Mm. My progesterone was undetectable and my testosterone was below minimum limits, but they could just detect it. Right. And she actually said to me, you must be having an awful time at night with sweats. And I went, no. So I've never had hot flushes. I haven't had sweats. I've got what some people refer to as the menopausal belly that I just thought was because I was a lazy shit. No, there's actually a reason that you're carrying fat around your middle. Yeah. And I'd got to the stage where even if I'd had eight hours sleep, I still woke up feeling like I'd not been asleep at all. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is an interesting thing because, and this is one of the things I wanted to talk about actually, is that um, my wish and my dream is that women would and I didn't do this either so this doesn't come from criticism or anything is that women would be aware a lot earlier of what to look out for when it comes to menopausal symptoms because you're getting women even without a hysterectomy you're getting women sometimes now going through um, early menopause again as early as in their 20s so this is how I did it I was like oh just later I'll think about menopause later think about it now later but even when I had my hysterectomy I wasn't um aware that menopause was coming down the line it was coming a lot sooner than I thought it was a lot sooner than I thought it was um but you know in an ideal world now I think it's much better for women to be a little bit or a lot more aware a lot earlier and um, that's one of the reasons why so you were really struggling with sleep or at least feeling rested after sleep and you had no idea that that could be um, a symptom of menopause until a friend mentioned it to you. Yeah, and that was the only reason I went on and looked. I didn't find the company she'd gone with. I was looking for them but found another one which turned out to be really great. But I was literally because the one symptom I spotted that had resonated was sleeping and some days not being able to get to sleep at all. Mm. some days sleeping like solidly or what I felt was solid but waking up feeling like I'd been awake for 48 hours and I until she mentioned it 
I didn't even know that that was a symptom of menopause. Yeah, bless you. Yeah. No, I'm completely the opposite. I've got every single, I've got it all. It's right there on the table, but I'm absolutely ignoring it. Years ago, I think someone, I you'll have to fact check this because I've no idea if it's true, but somebody said that in Japan, there was no translatable word for menopause. Right. And it was uh, uh, because they eat a lot of soy and, and all of that. So I thought, marvellous. Uh, and also, you know, kind of in African tribes, apparently, you know, like when you spend lots of time with other women, your cycles go in sync. Yeah. But we've been raised to uh, uh, to expect uh, every four weeks. But if you go to some you know, Amazonian tribal place, if they think that they only have a period every four months or six months, they they don't have a period every month because that's not their belief. So I'm like, oh, that's really fascinating. Mm. I'll just decide that I don't believe in menopause. That's interesting. <laughs> and and just, just ignore the whole thing. And then perhaps it'll be fine. I've had a period for every two weeks for the last six weeks. I have night sweats. Uh, I've got menopause belly. So so this is the thing, right? I love what you're sharing. It's so honest and it's such a good conversation because I really think that honest and open conversations like this are really helpful. And it is a lot better than it was. Even two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, it is a lot better. But I'm like, hmm, interesting. And if that works, if you're like... No, it's not working very well. Not really. That's what I was going to say. If that works for you, great. And I've heard a lot of women say, yeah, I don't believe in menopause. And then I'm like, but you're talking about you can't remember anything and brain fog and you're saying, you know, all the symptoms and everything. But it's not working. So, you know, when, when, you know, I'm not going to get into a a coaching session here, but like, I'm like, when do you, when does it come a point where you go, do you know what? I might want to explore this a little bit further. Right. So, yeah. And at some point it will do, because I keep thinking, like your body, my body's just gonna. Do you know what I think? I don't want to do HRT. I, I'm resistant to it, and I just think my body needs to do what my body needs to do. However, yeah. actually, recently and just very, very recently, um, I was experiencing. I go to the doctors once every 27 years. Like literally, I have to be giving birth before or de- like on death. Bleeding out of the eyeballs is one of the phrases we use. Yeah. <laughs> And I went to the doctors. And so actually he thinks, um, but I mean, everything's fine. They've, they've done a blood test uh, and it was to do the ovaries uh, uh, and the count's just slightly high, nothing. But mm-hmm. anyway, so I will, Laura. Promise me faithfully. <laughs> <Did> you? <laughs> I am actually going to go and investigate that a little bit. And I'm yeah, sure yeah. going to a gynecologist when, <laughs> when I tell him about my complete menopausal symptoms that I'm ignoring he'll go what the actual fuck yeah so I mean I suppose one of the things one of the things I wanted to ask you um today like and this is what I wanted to explore you know for the benefit of you and the listeners as well like what would you say were typical uh, menopause symptoms oh gosh this is where it gets embarrassing now isn't it no so, no no this is not an embar- it's just an interesting you've got exploration. you've got the obvious ones Oh, and yeah. by the way, I did do the fact che- check. Jap- the Japan J- Japanese, can't even get my words out, don't have a direct word for menopause. It, the word that they have is kunenki, 
which means renewal season and energy. And I love that because we see menopause as a bad thing. Exactly. Menopause is not Not a bad thing. thing. Let's come back to that in a minute. We'll come back to that anyway. So um, symptoms, hot sweats. Yeah. Dryness. Yeah. In your bed. Everywhere. Calls them. Yeah. Uh, lack of libido. Yeah. Carrying fat that isn't disappearing, which I discovered. I don't know if it's true, but I discovered that's because your body's trying to grab progesterone and it can get it from fat yeah. or get something similar. Um, what was the other one? Um, oh, uh, migraines. Migraines yeah. can come yeah. as a result of it, which I have to say, I've had a couple of migraines. I get those a lot, but since I went on the HRT, I'm only now getting the odd one again, which is great. And Amazing. then obviously the sleep. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. That's I not know. that many, is it? No. So I thought I before. That be, yeah, that's pretty much it. it uh, so definitely you start getting hot sweats and night sweats. Um, I know a lot of uh, my libido is absolutely on fire. I'm not going to lie. Like I love I'm all right like that. That's good. You're like, I don't want anymore. Yeah, what, maybe, what, maybe yeah. I've got an incredible, like, my husband's hot. I suppose that helps. I sp- does, that's yeah. I'm going to give him the credit for that. Yeah. So we haven't had that problem. Um, and actually, interestingly, haven't had any dryness either. But uh, definitely night sweats. Um, I only have hot sweats when I'm on. They're not, they're okay, normally. Mm. Sleeping, uh, I don't sleep so well. I get leg cramps. Yeah. Um, yeah, classic. I don't think we know anymore. So, what I suppose the next question is, Laura, what do you what? want to know? Yeah, so I mean, I'll I'll just rattle through my symptoms, and then I've got like a more comprehensive list. I won't sit here rattling them all through because we'll be here four years. But um, mine, unfortunately, I was experiencing dryness, but it wasn't just like vaginal dryness. It was like my whole body was dry like so I was having dry eyes my skin was dry I was like more wrinkled I was getting wrinkled like you know I'm not wrinkled now am I you know a bit um but not bad um but I was like feeling wrinkly I was getting really bad um palpitations as well like I thought that I like needed to have some sort of examination on my heart because actually that was quite scary um I couldn't tolerate stress of any kind like any like remote little bit of stress and I would just throw my toys out of the pram so I don't know whether you would call that anxiety and depression as well or either or both but those are also symptoms um of um menopause as well menopausal symptoms um increased um weight like you say around the tummy and let me just get some more up and as I say I'm not going to list them all because we'll be here forever um altered sense of smell itchiness um joint pain um digestive problems uh brittle nails even and incontinence as well which is why when you said earlier um dawn I was like "Mm, that could also be a menopausal symptom as well so I think um, my biggest um, tip that I would like to share with you and, and with um, your listeners as well now is if you're having any kind of doubts or queries in your mind that mm, is this, could this be hormonal, could this be a menopause symptom, I would suggest starting to make a list and just tracking it on a day and a weekly basis. Because when I started doing that, and when I do that with my clients as well, often what happens is they go, I have 
a lot more symptoms here than I thought I had. Oh, and um, I forgot to say as well, night sweats, but I think you mentioned that as well. But um, I don't get hot sweats at all, by the way, but I do sometimes get really, really sweaty in the night. I don't know why I felt the compulsion to share that one at the end, but I did, so it's fine. Can I just <laughs> talk about the irritability in life? So yes. This is my theory. I mean, you'll pick up at this point that I'm not really, um, I'm not a doctor's dream. I'm not. I've got my own theory. So but I like that, Dawn. I like that because you know yourself. And I think yeah. that's really important. I've always been irritated. I do a grand job of being irritated. I mean, it's very clear when I'm irritated. I'm very good at expressing <laughs> it. Very clear at it. Always have been. And so, and then I think, well, no wonder I'm so fucking irritated, let alone the hormones. Put that to the side. I'm 55. I've been serving other human beings. My daughter's 30. My eldest child is 37 years old. Like, fuck, fucking hell, no wonder I'm irritated. Like, seriously. And then as I was watching my grandchildren and they go through sort of the terrible twos, it dawned on me, and this is my new um, philosophy in life, the reason why we're absolutely fucking psychotic when we get to our mid-50s is this. I'm going to tell you, this is revolutionary. Are you ready? I'm what waiting. We, what we do when kids are going through terrible twos and three and four, we squash them into human society boxes, fill them full of loads of beliefs. You live all your life going through that then when you get to a hormonal stage you're not really bad you're not your hormones are just exposing your truth which oh yeah absolutely that you fucked yeah. off with this and this, yeah. and this and had we just remained as free as we were when we were two I think we'd be really okay. I agree with you. I fully, I'm on board with that one. This is a new ideology. I'm on board because I really feel that menopausal women just have no toleration at all whatsoever for bullshit anymore. And I think like you, that a lot of that is because for so long, we were just like, "Mm, mm, mm, I'm not going to say that. And then it gets to menopause and you're like, I cannot keep it in anymore. Well, my tip would be for the 20-somethings preparing just to sort of listen in and just being educated, minimise the uh, violence that you're going to express in your menopausal years, to minimise death of other people. Don't put up with the bullshit from today. That's what you need to do. Prevention is better than a cure. Yeah, yeah. I think menopause sort of removes the filter we all have. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we need to remove it earlier. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And you know, part of it as well, like with me, for example, when I used to get PMT, every one in four of my periods, I used to feel like my tongue would turn into a sword. And if I actually said what was in my mouth, I would kill someone, usually my husband. So I'd be like, no, no, keep it in. But now I'm like, I think I'm more like you, Dawn, and and maybe that was coming a lot sooner down the line. I just have to let it out. I like have lots of mini explosions and then I'm fine. And then I'm like, what's everyone's problem? I'm I'm fine. (laughs) I agree with you, Tracy. Let's just bring it out. Let's remove the filter a lot earlier and like say what's on our mind learn to speak kindly as well because you know sometimes when you think someone's being an asshole they're not they've just said something and it's like bashed up against your shit and you can tell them in a slightly kinder way that they're pissing you off so you know let's learn that a bit sooner as well and then it will all come together so yes 
And so, the, the other thing I want to add, though, there is that they're not pissing us off. We're pissing ourselves off based on their behavior. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of the time we're making no, it about yeah, us. Nobody's powerful enough to piss us off, guys. It's how we react to what they're doing. Oh, my God. I love that you said that as well, because Paul, my husband and I, we have this ongoing debate when he's like, you make me feel. And I'm like, I didn't make you feel. You feel that. That's yours. You can have that feeling. You're allowed. But I didn't do that. So don't tell me that I made you feel because you made yourself feel. <laughs> yeah. Probably one of the most powerful. <clears throat> it's a really difficult one to get your head around, actually. But once you can nail that nobody can make me feel anything, once you nail that, the level of um, wholeness and your responsibility for yourself and the ability to be able to forgive and be kind to other people, that actually is a massive thing. Yeah. Uh, we could probably talk about that on its own, to be fair. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's true, actually, because as well, like, the you know, the whole time, because I've said it to him, and then, of course, he does that thing that a man does, and he's like, well, you said, <laughs> you can't make me feel, and I'm like... <laughs> but he's you know he's true but you're allowed to also if you are having a feeling if you're experiencing a feeling say if you've said something and I'm pissed off I'm allowed to go I'm fucking pissed off now not like you did it I'm allowed to just be like I'm fucking pissed off and you can be like but own it don't somebody else for putting you in that feeling I will say I will correct the phrase Nobody can make you feel something emotional, yeah? If somebody sticks a blinking screwdriver in your leg, they've made you feel pain. That's different. Yeah, yeah. All right? I will will correct that. They totally did that, yeah. Exactly. They did that. By the way, anybody in a relationship with somebody sticking screwdrivers in their leg, please get out now. Yes, please. God, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's got better. Um, There's a lot more narrative around the workplace and menopause and hysterectomy and, and and all of those kind of things that a few years ago we would never dare talk about at work. Mm. Do you think it's got better? I do think it's got better. Um, and I still think there's a long way to go. And what I really want to say as well is it surprises me a little bit that it hasn't been better for longer because when you look at For example, look in the law profession where I've come from. Predominantly, women work in the law profession, and yet it still seems to be sometimes a bit of an old boy, old school, old boy thing. But it's not. It's women that work in in the law profession, and and that's probably the same in, in many different industries. And it only seems to have been in the last few years that we've been feeling able or feeling that we can't not um speak about things a little bit more plainly so I am a bit surprised that it's taken this long but then I have conversations with women who go well I don't know why everyone makes such a big fuss about menopause because in my day blah 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 and I'm like why why is that why is that and for example the person who said that to me um and she was like I don't see you know why people make such a big fuss about um, menopause she went on to say that she'd had a hysterectomy and it was just carte blanche she was off work for three months whereas women that I'm talking to at the moment 
a lot of them are like, oh, I had my hysterectomy four weeks ago. Why am I not back in the gym yet? Why am I not back at work full time yet? Why am I not running around after my... And I'm like, there's, there's a big mismatch between what really is going on and what you're expecting to happen and then going back to the woman who was like you know you're making a big old fuss about nothing with menopause she was just like I was off work for three months and that was it so maybe she was a bit more protected and maybe she did have that time to heal and it was just like you know that's how it is and she had her time to heal and then when she had had that three months then she was able to come back so maybe there's a bit more of an expectation on us which actually I think sometimes we put on ourselves as well I don't think other people put it on us maybe that's similar to the main yeah. deal thing but I think we do put it on ourselves a lot I think we do and I think sometimes it comes from the meaning of the word as it's gone through history you know we talked earlier about the the Japanese word and the fact that the nearest equivalent means renewal season and energy mm. it's a change it's not a disease Yes, I'm really, really happy you brought that back in as well, because I love that you said that. And I love that word. I'm going to adopt it as well. I'm going to go away and, and see. Yeah, Konenki, for those wondering how it, what that is, it's K-O-N-E-N-K-I. I love it, because I know what sometimes irritates me a lot is that when anyone is talking about menopause, it's always all the negatives and that it ruined my life and menopause and and. I struggle a bit because I want to, I feel it's important to have space for women to say the negatives, but how about we look at the positives as well? So how about we look at the change in our energies and the fact that it's actually quite a good thing that we're not here to tolerate bullshit anymore and we're like straight to the point and we're like, I'm just being efficient with this and you can shut up over there and (laughs) a bit more direct. But also... For example, with the with the hysterectomy, like yes, I grieved for um, the fact that I couldn't have children anymore, but I didn't want any more children anyway. So I had that period of grief, and then you know, once I got through that, my life is so much better than it was. How about let's look at the fact that I've got consequence free sex for as long as I want it now that's a massive plus like before I used to be worried about getting pregnant every five minutes when I didn't want any more children let's look at the fact that I'm not um tied to the house anymore you know let's look at the positives as well and so it's a it's a very fine balance as well between not being like oh let's be like positive poly all the time and only say the good things but also let's not always complain about everything and say how everything is crap all the time especially when I work with women as well we spend a lot of time honoring you know what's gone before and honoring the pain and everything that they may be in now or they may have been in the past but also changing that focus to what do we want our lives to look at in look like in the future how do we want it to be in the future because sometimes if you spend so long looking at all the negatives then it's just one it's knackering and two you're not going to improve your life from that place either so I bring that very much into the menopause discussion as well I like it I, I like that it reminds me of another phrase I've heard which is, you know, don't paint something as better than it is and don't paint something as worse than it is. Mm. Be true to what is going on. And it, it just, yeah. it, that phrase came to mind when you were talking about, you know, yeah. don't, you know, it's not always as bad as it's meant to be, but at the same time, don't sit there suffering in silence. 
Yeah. Oh my god, that's a huge thing as well. There's a, a coincidence that maybe Japanese women, because culturally their belief system around what menopause is, is tapered in a different way that the relationship that they have and their view and their beliefs on what they're going through is differently. Um, yeah. And do you think that then that energy has an influence on then, you know, how the women believe and the men, maybe they, you know, maybe they honour it a little bit more yeah. because they've got this outlook that is more balanced. Whereas I think I was really, really interested when you were talking about the woman that that was a little bit dismissive. I think I'm guilty of that, even though I'm going through some horrific stuff. I'm guilty of, oh, stop making a fuss. I can't be doing with it. But actually, uh, uh, and this is where it comes from. My mom used illness as um, as a as a, a leverage to get away with whatever she wanted to get away with. Yeah. So actually, my belief on stop making a fuss has got absolutely nothing to do with people who are genuinely suffering. That's yeah. me not wanting to. That's my relationship with 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 illness. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I can be dismissive. Yeah, and that's I really mean, I don't I don't mean it from a but I'm even dismissive with myself. No, not gonna think about that. No, not gonna deal with that. Yeah, and I do you know what, um, Dawn, I think that's really, um, really courageous and really self-aware actually to have that realization and, and to say it as well. And that really resonates as well with me because my mum was really poorly when um I was growing up as well, and I definitely associated illness with helplessness and victimhood and like to the extent like it used to irritate me when I'd be like oh she can't do this stuff and she's just um yeah helpless and it used to annoy me rather than I used to feel compassion but you know there was compassion as well but no I know exactly what you mean it's not it's not about being mean to other people but it's um it's just interesting that our belief systems are in the same way as if someone's really struggling and they're embarrassed they're embarrassed because of a belief system that they've got around this topic. Yeah. I mean, I'd ask you earlier if you thought it got better, and I think you have. What What would be really cool, because it's hilarious, Laura, what are some crazy facts about what doctors used to think about this subject? Yeah, I looked this up because um, I know that you like crazy facts about um, women and things from the past. So I heard this on a podcast earlier in the year and it just fascinated me. So I just looked it up before we came on. And the uterus was believed to travel around the body like an animal that was hungry for semen. Um <laughs> If it wandered in the wrong direction, it could cause all sorts of problems for a woman. So, like, if it was in her throat, it could choke her, cause her to lose her voice, um, cough. If it got stuck in her chest or her rib cage, um, then it might cause her shortness of breath. Any kind of feminine issue could... If the doctor wasn't able to explain it, then it could be... A twist. She had a wandering uterus. A wandering, wandering uterus. Yeah. And funnily enough, Funnily enough, treatments included balms, woolen pessaries, genital massage, only by a trusted doctor, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know about those Victorian trusted doctors to massage. Uh, <laughs> exactly. And the ultimate gold standard of treatment was, of course, of course, 
marriage, intercourse and pregnancy because the uterus was um, a troublemaker which was um, best satiated apparently by pregnancy of course oh hilarious no and and oh this is the and I'd forgotten this I had my eldest in 1985 and something wasn't right and I don't even remember what and they told me it would fix itself when I had another child I can't even remember what it was it would have been I think it must have been a postnatal I can't do you know what I, it was a million years ago I can't even remember what it was yeah but I was specifically told it would figure itself out when I had another yeah. child I mean I know that some people were saying that um endometriosis could be cured by pregnancy as well which I suppose for some women it may have been true but it's not necessarily true but that was my interesting I've got lots of other interesting facts so maybe we'll talk about those the other but I knew that you would like that one I was watching I was watching a program the other day I can't remember what the program was but it was it it was to do with it was to do with mental health and mental institutions from years gone by and um, the genital massage came up and they put people down. Women were put down as having psychosis when they were going through the menopause, but they didn't have that term. But there was the genital massage came up and also the electric shock treatment for the yeah. menopause. Oh, my God. But they didn't know what it was. They didn't have a clue that's what was going on. I know. And also back in the day and actually even still some things now, um, women weren't being tested or, you know, like research in in, med- in medical terms, like medical research, a lot of the research is still done on men. So isn't necessarily bespoke to women. So that I know that is changing. But again, we have a long, long way to go on that. But um, it just um, I just wanted to share that with you because I knew that you would love that one. Yeah, love it, obviously, like really cross. And my menopausal um, irritation is going to come out. And I really want to say lots of expletives, but I'm going to rein it in and be kind. Uh, before we finish up, um, I mean, we'll put all of your links yes. on to, um, I, I mean, Tracy and I know you personally, we know that you're absolutely, you're just such a, such an honest, kind, feminine person who, and I just think that, that I, I, I love, there's something really important about women who uplift other women. There's just something really important about it, be it mindset, health, business, I don't care what it is. It's just really important. And you're one of my favourite, Laura. So Thank we'll you. put all of your links and everything on the podcast for people Thank to you so out with you. But so, but if there were, if there were, if there was just your top, your top tip on what you would like people to know what would that be or do if there was one thing that I would absolutely love women to know um, it would be that the experts are the experts and the medical professionals are here to support you in terms of your feminine health or any issue that you have regarding your health and menopause or, or anything at all and they're not the expert of your body that is you so what you don't know today is fine but you can learn and you can explore and you can have amazing conversations with other women like we've had today. We've learned a lot. I've learned stuff from you today and I'm hoping that you've learned stuff um, from me as well. Um, So yes, it's probably that the experts are the experts, but you're the expert of you and 
really, if we can marry these two things together, then women can have amazing health and success in their life. Brilliant. I love that. That's just really about, because we do know when something's wrong. We do. Yeah, we do. And yeah, we do. those of us who don't really trust doctors, it's actually quite nice to know there are other people that you can talk to. And if if you're if you're in an environment that is misunderstanding of these sort of things, be it the females that you work with are dismissive for whatever reason, or it's impossible for men to understand it. And that's not that's actually I'm not being unkind to them. No. I'm not saying that they I can I'm sure that they try a lot of them try to be yeah. empathetic 100 percent but it's one of those things. But what I love about that the most is is to trust yourself. And, and really take because I think we've gone into an era where we just google everything mm, don't do that, <laughs> don't do that. Which, don't do but we that. all do it yeah single one it. of 100% often you can get too much information yeah oh my god yeah don't get me started but Dr Google is not your friend but I would just, yeah I'll, I'll just stop there because I'll be here for another 40 minutes if I start on that before you go Laura what are the top three things that people come to you for yeah, so the, the top three things that women come to me for are healing after their hysterectomy, help and support to master their menopause, and also um, unconditional healing really is just to really reunite all the parts of your body. Like we've talked about it before. We don't have to be positive poly all the time. We are allowed to be fucking shit sometimes. And again, I've done this twice now, but we'll do it again. Like, you can be happy and you can be annoyed and let's put all these things together and just like really empower ourselves and trust and yeah I've kind of run out of words now but I think it's the same kind of vibe isn't it unconditional healing really means all parts of you are welcome and every single part if it's the moany whiny naggy part of you that part still deserves to be loved just as the positive poly side of you as well sorry if that was waffly but no i get it and the other thing is no part of you is broken no menopause does not mean you are broken no it's just a new stage of life the renewal part we're going japanese on this one going japanese yeah it's it's just you know, embrace it yeah I just want to say if I got if I've got one opportunity to say one last thing you touched on the men I really want to say this as well because I have a very masculine uh, man in my husband and he says to me sometimes oh I just don't understand you and I say to him that's fine I don't understand me either so it's go. okay <laughs> they do their best they really really do their best and they love us and they adore us and we don't need them to understand us we just need them to carry on loving us just like they already do love yeah. that and mm-hmm. actually so we're wrapping up now but, yes. before, but I would do you know what I think would be great to have you back on to talk about specifically is sex so I was yes. about to say that as well we got to do a sex slot Oh, yes, please. I want to come on and talk about that. <laughs> yeah, specifically sort of a menopausal context. Yeah, yeah, I'd love that. I really, really would. I actually have a book inside of me about sex. So that is um, a little sneak peek for sometime in the future. Definitely have that. Yeah, so Hello. keep listening, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be going to a sex episode one day soon. 
Amazing. I'm looking forward to that. We'll come and wear our nighties or something. <laughs> I've got all sorts of pictures going around my head right now. <laughs> and none of them work on a podcast. <laughs> ladies, it's goodbye from me. Thank you and so it's much goodbye for having from me. me. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Laura. your company and to share your spandex and stiletto stories with us tag at real women podcast on instagram